0: Yo, welcome into the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence Holmes. Bears lose 27 to 10. We are going to break down what we saw, though, honestly, this podcast is not going to be that long. I can tell you that right now. I'm going to let you enjoy yourself because I know that you did enjoy watching what you watched. Seeing what happened to the Bears up in Lambeau Field as they lose another one. We are brought to you by Aurelio's Pizza. We love our partnership here House of L at Aurelio's Pizza. And while I have your attention, if you didn't listen to the last episode of Sports Adjacent, you missed out. Just go back and listen to it after you're done listening to this. Because the guys from the I'm Fat podcast, Jay Zawoski and Rick Camp, joined Russ and Tony, and it was really, really great. So the latest episode, episode 80, of their podcast, I I think that you will dig. So go back and listen to that after you listen to this. And as I said, we are brought to you by Aurelio's Pizza. It's the sauce. Love Aurelio's. Glad that they are definitely part of the team. Bears lose 27-10 to 10 is the final. Justin Fields only threw the ball 11 times. Or I guess 12 times. You can, there's that one time where he was two yards ahead of the line of scrimmage. And he threw it, but he only threw it 11 times, seven out of 11 for 70 yards and interception. I thought the bears formula offensively was good enough for them to win the game where you just say, Hey, we are going to line up and we are going to try to run it. And they did David Montgomery average 8.1 yards per carry, which is why if you're mad about what happened on the goal line, I can understand, although I'm not as angry as other people are about running QB power out of shotgun. Jalen Hurts does it. Josh Allen does it. It's a play that if you've got a big, strong, physical quarterback, you use that play. Lamar Jackson does it. You run QB power out of shotgun. My whole thing is is that in that situation, when you have a guy that is getting it done 15 carries 122 yards at a long of 28 was breaking tackles like these the jump cuts were nasty like he was getting them with the stanky leg doing all the stuff but that guy knows how to break tackles and he has a nose for getting you the line to gain. and i thought that they should have given him an opportunity at the goal line to make that game a game the bears score there it's it becomes interesting. I still don't think that they win, but it becomes really interesting. And part of the reason that I think it becomes interesting is that Green Bay wasn't like, defensively, they were getting shoved around by the Bears' offensive line except on that one play. And, and it would, to me, it, I would have liked to have seen how the Packers were going to handle that. I think that what they would have done is just said, well, let's just give the ball to Aaron Jones again. Why? Because he's averaging nine yards a carry. (laughs) I mean, that works. He hits you for a 36. 15 carries, 132 yards for him. A.J. Dillon, 18 carries, 61 yards for him. Aaron Rodgers did all the things that he needed to do and none that he didn't. 19 to 25, 234 yards. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, passer rating of 131.1. Justin Fields' passer rating was 43.8. I'm still not sure what we've learned about Justin Fields quarterbacking-wise. Like There are some really good moments for him, and then I do think that they're running kind of a souped-up version of the Kyle Orton Mittens offense, but... Fields can actually run and make a difference in the run game and and that's what I think they're they're trying to use his legs to have him do stuff. We'll see man if i if I was that Christian Watson kid <laughs> for Green Bay, he had the drop seventy five yard touchdown last week this week he's running in motion and it seemed like he's a little late and ends up causing a fumble man Aaron rodgers. Aaron Rodgers still gave him the rock. He gave him three targets, and the kid caught up everything that was thrown at him. But he is going to have to get it together quickly. And someone hit me up on Twitter, and they said, "You know, this is like an origin story for that guy. Like this is the origin story where he turns out to be like a great player." I don't think that you're wrong. I I just think that it's funny that clearly Rodgers wants to go faster. And that kid is kind of holding him up from going faster. But they'll get it corrected, right? They're Green Bay, and he's Aaron Rodgers, and that's what they do. The game felt really good early on. It felt on the first drive that the Bears were doing something, that they they had figured something out. And quite honestly, they had. They were running the ball, and then you see Fields and how dangerous he can be in the red zone. And you go, all right, like that's, a, that's, that's something. That, that, and it was a great counterpunch after the Bears had done a good job of getting off the field after that first series of downs by Green Bay with just giving up a field goal. It felt like a victory, and it felt like it's on. It felt like the Bears came to play, and this, this was going to be a competitive game. And then the offense fell asleep. Given three and outs, 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 where they didn't they didn't have a first down, they had a first down with what, like four minutes left to go in, in the first quarter, and then it wasn't until the second half that we saw them earn a first down. I mean, it, it's you can't you you're not going to win like that. Your offense can't go to sleep for two quarters and and well actually. I take that back. This weekend in the NFL, your offense could go to sleep for the first two quarters, sometimes the first three quarters and then make a rally. Look at Miami, look at Arizona, look at the Jets. Uh, the the Bears are still not quite there. I've been fighting the fight with people on the text lines on the score about Darnell Mooney. Like I I don't see a number 1 wide receiver. I see a guy that's maybe like at the bottom of like tier two or right at the top of tier three. I think if he were playing slot receiver for a really, like if you're playing slot receiver for Minnesota or slot receiver for Buffalo, he'd crush. But when you're relying on him to get open and, and he's the focal point of the passing game, he can be very easily be taken away, and he can be taken away physically. And now we've seen a couple of games where he's had really no impact at all. And I get that they're they're not really throwing the ball either. He had two targets in this game, one catch for negative four yards. That that doesn't scream out number one receiver to me. But I digress. Cole Komet might just be an inline blocker. I I, I don't think that he's going to help you in the receiving game. He did have a nice pancake on a run. All of this stuff is a work in progress. I I don't like the switching of the guards. The changing of the guard. I don't like it. Especially when in the first series you saw Tevin Jenkins move people off the ball in the run game. I guess you can look at it as Lucas Patrick needs to get live reps so that everything can flow more naturally when he gets back in. But it, it felt like a, a, a change of momentum for them to do that. And then on that play on the goal line where Patrick pulls – he runs into the back of Komet and ends up creating a bit of a log jam where if he pulls around cleanly on that play, Fields walks into the end zone, in my opinion. But that goes back to whether or not they should have called that play to begin with, which we kind of already discussed. Let's talk about the defense. We'll do that next. All right. The Bears defense got pushed around in this game. They really did. Some guys played well. Travis Gibson, the guy I was writing his name down like all the time. I thought that, that he played really well and the numbers back it up. Like it's not what sometimes I'm gonna tell you stuff that's just like eye test, and sometimes it's backed up with real statistics like having two sacks and three quarterback hits like Travis Gibson did. Obviously, Quinn comes around and he gets a sack on Aaron Rodgers. Difficult to deal with, was getting double teamed most of the day. It's a lot of missed tackles. Like, you'll look at the numbers, and Brisker had 10 tackles, and Roquan Smith had 11 tackles. And when you're running the ball the way that the Packers are, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for you to, to get tackles. But I thought that Brisker and Gordon struggled to recognize and execute run defense. I, I think that there were plays where they recognized what was happening and got to where they were supposed to be, and then physically they just missed. There's that play where Kyler Gordon shoots a gap, and he could have made the stop behind the line of scrimmage and ends up turning into like a 14-yard gain. The play that that I think crushed, crushed the Bears – was that second and twenty-eight screen that was called? It was it was right after a Travis Gibson sack, so the Bears were like, "Oh, we're getting to Rogers, like we're making plays." That's a perfect play call because they think that they're getting up the field. It's low risk because Rogers knows to just ground a ball if if it's not there but they were so amped to get up the field and get to Rodgers again that the offensive line was able to slip right behind him. Rodgers makes a good throw and then, you know, you end up in a third and, third and 8 after that and they convert it. To me, that's the play. Not that there's one in almost in any NFL game is there not just one play, but if I'm looking for the play, that was it. They they fell for the banana in the tailpipe, and Green Bay was able to turn it on its head. The other part that's upsetting, like the tackling wasn't very good. They couldn't con- control the line of scrimmage on defense. Roquan Smith, yo. I want to give him some grace. He is playing a new position. So we have to keep that in mind. He is getting used to being in a different space than he's ordinarily in. But fam, he was staying blocked. Staying blocked. They got those guards out there. They got their fullback out there. And he was getting punished. And he wasn't able to get off of it. In coverage, he struggled where Father Time himself, Randall Cobb, the Green-Eyed Bandit, is out there making plays and converting first downs. He's got to win. If he's one-on-one with Randall Cobb, Roquan Smith's got to win. And he didn't win. And as I said, I want to give him grace. He is playing a new position. but. To, to quote Lupe Fiasco, although I guess it's technically Matthew Santos, if you are what you say you are, a superstar, then have no fear. And he was getting washed out of place a lot. And I, I think he's a better linebacker than what he showed. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if as this goes along, it... It gets addressed, and he continues to improve and, and look better. But it was damn ugly out there. If you get carved up in the passing game, to me, it's not, it's not as ugly. Like, it, it happens quick, and it's embarrassing. But with a game like this in the run game, I, I threw the quote from Vince Lombardi that fatigue makes cowards of us all. That's a Lombardiism. And it's so spot on. What what the Packers did to the Bears is that they kept hitting them with body blows. And by the fourth quarter, you're just you just don't have any more fight left in you. And that's what happened to the Bears. They they got bullied. They got absolutely bullied by an offensive line for the Packers. That w- that figured it out. It's crazy. I give Matt Eberflu some credit. They talked about this this week, and it wasn't bullshit. I'm sorry, bullshit. Shout out to Tony Gill and Sheets and Giggles. But you should get Sheets there, by the way. The the guys have a special code and everything on Sports Adjacent. Anyway, Sheets and Giggles. It's really good Sheets. Um, what, what the reason that I say that it wasn't bullshit. Is because Ibrahul's talked with Tony Dungy, and Dungy had brought it up on the pregame that he was really concerned about the run game, and I get it. Last week, San Francisco was able to run the ball, and it's you know it's I don't even know what we can end up taking from what we saw last week and apply it going forward. But I know that they were concerned. The The Packers weren't able to move the ball as much as they wanted last week through the air. So what did they do? They relied on running the rock. And they came out here. Here are the totals. The totals are ugly. 38 carries, 203 total yards. 5.3 yards per carry. That, that's wild. <laughs> like, you, you had two guys pretty much do that and Jones and A.J. Dillon. And it just makes your life easier, which you would have hoped would have worked for the Bears offensively, but they're still not there yet. Like when when people talked about there not being enough dynamic players on offense, you saw one of them. You saw David Montgomery still has a, the ability to be dynamic. I still don't think he's got home run speed, but he doesn't need it if he plays like that. But there's no one. There's no help on the outside, and I'm still not sure if Fields is getting it to a point where you trust him to make throws down the field. So this is what this is going to look like for a while. You know, week one, they did what they needed to do, and they deserve credit for that. Week two is a, feels a little bit more real, and maybe that is confirmation bias on my part. Where I look at this team and go, they have a lot of room to grow. And it's going to take them a while to get to where they need to be. And they don't have the personnel to really do it as well as as they'd like. So, that's it in a nutshell for me. I appreciate you hanging out. I told you with the post games, I'm going to try to, unless something crazy happens in these games, I'm going to try to be better about wasting your time. But I appreciate you wanting to listen to what I have to say about it and I'm going to I'm going to go to sleep and then we're going to do it over at the score and we'll bounce ideas off of each other. We got a lot of stuff planned throughout the week. We'll get our experts on and get their opinions as well. Thanks so much for listening. Please go back and listen to the Sports Adjacent episode with Russ and Tony and Campy and Jay Zawaski. I promise you You will not be disappointed. It's on this platform. It's on House of L. You can just scroll and you can find it. But thanks for your support. Thanks to Aurelio's, as per usual. Go get yourself a pizza out of the old oven. It's delicious. You know why? Because it's the sauce. I'll talk to you next time. Peace.